0: Um, UMGoBlue.com. By fans. For fans. Since 1999. Hello. Welcome to this edition of the um, UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with...
1: Andy Anderson.
0: And we're going to talk about the news out of Michigan camp after their first week. Um, We had a chance to go down to Schembechler Hall and listen to uh, Tim Dreveno and and, uh, defensive coordinator Don Brown. Andy, what did you think about what we heard uh, on the offensive side of the ball?
1: Okay, Dreadnell, uh did talk first, and he's the offensive coordinator. Uh, he talked about a number of things, but one of the most interesting people listening, to it, I believe, would be uh, the quarterback competition. There are a lot of fans that want uh, uh, Peters to replace St. Spirit- because they did have an awful spring game. He wasn't good at all. And Peters was much visibly better. But that's going to be a real competition. And it's doubtful to me that Peters can win it. But you never know what's going to happen there. And the team and the Sands and everybody were far better off because of that competition, because they are deeper now as a quarterback position than they have been in my memory. What do you think?
0: You know, my mind has kind of shifted on this. Um, Heading into camp, Coach Harbaugh talked about how there was going to be a competition for every position, and that, um, you know, Dreveno talked about how Both quarterbacks were getting equal reps. And at first, I really kind of thought that was lip service. Um, I really thought that as much as everybody's excited to see Peters, that it was definitely Spade's job. And and I think it is Spade's job to lose. But um, one thing to keep in mind I mean, everybody's excited to see. I don't think it's so much that they're not excited about Spate. It's, you have a head coach who is a, a expert in the quarterback position. And as much as Jake Rudock did well and Spate did well last year, I mean, they are fixer-uppers, okay? They are not guys who were picked and recruited by Harbaugh and brought in and and kind of brought from the ground up to be his type of quarterback. So, I really think that um, that that Peters has a chance, and and not so much that. Um, I mean, again, it has nothing to do with what people want to see, but and, and Andy, disagree if you, or you know. Give me your thoughts on this. I really thought that Jake Riddock was the definition of a a, a manager, a game manager, and I ca- I kind of thought Spate was too. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're real explosive guys. It seems to me that that you know, as we get into the Harbaugh era here, his quarterbacks are going to be um, more explosive. So again, is this the year? I don't know, but but I do think that, that Peters is going to get a good look, um, and and I, I'm kind of you know listening to the to the chatter out of out of practice a little more closely. Um, you know, what do you think about about where Spade is right?
1: I think uh, that state we didn't see all of his bad practices. We didn't see uh, the practices in Rome. We just—I uh, personally only observed the uh, spring game in Michigan State. and in that game, state looked disjointed, looked disconnected. Uh, through interceptions, uh, didn't play smart football. It seemed to me, but we didn't see the whole practice, and currently. This whole spring wasn't like that. Peters definitely has a better arm, probably controls uh, better than the state can as far as accuracy. And he just has, he's, he's in the category of a natural. He has a lot of natural ability to play that. Now, we haven't seen him throw to the state of new receivers that they got. And I don't know which guy will be better uh, throwing to this new set of receivers and and instituting Pep Hamilton's kind of uh, quarterback uh, play. I don't know how that's going to work out. So there are so many unknowns that depend on something other than the quarterback, I know that Spate has developed a nice escapability in the pocket even though he does seem to throw behind people and over their heads sometimes. He's got a lot of experience. He's a competitor. He's a smart young man. Takes the job seriously. But I've no doubt that this is an actual and real competition. These guys have this coaching staff is going to have the best performer play. And it doesn't matter whether or not he's a freshman or a, a sophomore, a junior, a senior, what he is, the best player at the time that they need him to play, which would be the Florida game, is going to start. Now, whether that starter can get through the whole year or two, is something else because this competition will keep up all year although Harbaugh hasn't seemed to change his mind much he's supported whoever's been in there but I, I think that this is going to be a battle all year long
0: you know it's just really dawned on me that as we come into year three I'm trying to imagine if Harbaugh would wait till his fourth season to have his guy at quarterback and, and, you know, we've gone round and round, or at least I've gone round and round, talking about last year's Ohio State game. Um, you know, several weeks before the Ohio State game, um, Coach Harbaugh was was gushing about um, how he really felt that Spate really understood the offense and he really considered him a partner in the play calling and he gave his opinion and he respected his opinion. Um and then, you know, again, we had that game in Ohio State where um, Michigan had the chance to go for the two-point conversion and the win. Spate wanted to go. Um, Coach Harbaugh waved him off. And, of course, Michigan fell short in that game. And, and I'm wondering, you know, it, you know, again, they, they will say that Spate was injured. But, again, I'm not buying that. I mean, there's lots of ways, lots of options to get that ball in. And I'm just wondering, you know, if, if – if Spade was Harbaugh's guy, if he'd recruited him, if he was completely had complete faith in him, would he have gone? And I am interested to see, I mean, like I said, do we really think that Harbaugh's going to wait till his fourth year to have his guy, his recruit playing? That 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 seems weird to me. And and I know sure. that logistically speaking, I mean, you know, Spate has the experience, but you know, did we really think Spate would be in this position? I, I think we're all kind of surprised. Um so th- does that mean he has a lock on it? I don't know. I don't think so. So it'll
1: be no, I don't think he's got a lock either. I think it's a that competition.
0: I think it's his to keep. Um and, and, and we'll see moving forward. So uh in addition to Drevno and uh well you know, one thing about Dreveno, he he, he went on and on about the new coach pep um and uh, you know Andy you mentioned in our previous conversation you know one of the things he said about pep that was kind of odd
1: yeah and he said that uh, that he said he gets along with Pep respects him sexually very much and that that pep has a golden heart you don't hear that one coach say that about another very often I wonder how many of the kids that Tech is yelling at, and I'm sure he does, like all coaches, how many of those kids think he actually has a golden heart. But anyway, it was an interesting an interesting statement by Coach Grefnell.
0: And, of course, we had the ever-entertaining defensive coordinator, Don Brown. Um,
1: the mustache.
0: Yeah, and, and again, I will admit that I am... I am not as enamored as, uh, as most people are um, with coach. So we, and again, he seems like a good guy. Um, he's obviously a talented coach. Um, you know, we, we keep coming back to that, you know, he came into a situation last year, um, inherited a, a very stacked defense, and, and, and they had a great year. But again, and I keep coming back to what pretty much every coach I've ever talked to has said, that basically players make the coach. Okay, If you have great players, you're going to look great on the field. And, and that's really what I thought we saw last year. And that's not to take anything away from Coach Brown, but I'm sure that uh, there are numerous defensive coordinators throughout the country who would have gladly swapped places with him to have, uh, to have our, our squad last year. Um, he talked about how um, the the defense is going to be aggressive. He talked about that really they don't even, you know. And I guess here's an example of the thing that kind of that kind of bugs me a little bit is that the assembled media just eats up Don Brown. I mean they love him, okay. And one of the things he said is, well, you know, um, we. We only recruit aggressive players. If they're not real aggressive, we don't recruit them to begin with. We kind of steer clear. <clears throat> now, Andy, what coach is not, what coach would not say that? Okay. I mean, do you think you're ever going to get a defensive coach say, well, yeah, we were recruiting this guy who really wasn't aggressive. We like that. And and what amazes me is he's really not saying anything, but he's, he's being entertaining about it. And, and, again, it, it's, it's really less a criticism of him and, and more an observation in the way he's covered, okay? Is that, I mean, boy, there are people who are giddy when Coach Brown comes out. And <clears throat> talked about how aggressive they're going to be. And, you know, it, it always comes down to me, okay? There's three ways to beat a team. You beat him with uh, with your scheme, or you beat him with talent, or you beat him with luck. Okay? And my thing is, is they had all kinds of talent last year. I don't know how much his scheme mattered that much. Okay? Um, and, and I think back to, um, you know, he talks about how they're going to be blitzing from all over the place. And, again, that's great, but. I, I really look at a team like Wisconsin um, that blocks well and and plays power football, and, you know, I, I, I think they're going to, I really think that's the kind of team that, that is just going to sit back and, and pick their places against us. So, again, it's just me, uh, again, I just hear, oh, we're going to blitz for all over the place. It's not a gimmick, though. And I'm like, dude, it's a gimmick. <laughs> so, um, so we will see. Well- there certainly
1: are defensive concerns, and certainly can be said last year that in the big games, Michigan had a propensity to give up big runs in big pass plays and lost games because of that. The defense didn't have a beautiful uh, last four games, except for the one winning, uh, but People are attracted by Brown's personality, his enthusiasm, and his joy in coaching. He certainly has a lot of that. He loves doing what he's doing. And he says some things that make sense. He says that one of the things that they have to do now is build leadership, that they're beginning to get the kind of leadership they need. And am paraphrasing a little bit.
0: I guess uh... Well but, but Andy I guess that's my point what coach wouldn't say we need leadership I mean to me to me that is like from the you know just from the, the you know there's that part in um, <coughs> in Bull Durham where the seasoned pro is telling the rookie how to answer questions you know we're going to play one game at a time and you know uh, you know it, it, to me it's like well we need leadership, Well, no kidding. every team needs leadership. How are you going to do that? Well
1: they all they all call appreciate the time, but he does have an extraordinary uh, I guess when he's actually coaching on the field, he's got a wonderful rapport with the players and they match his enthusiasm and you have to say he is enthusiastic. Listen, when you look back at the defense of the coordinators, that Rich Rod had,
0: and you look at this. Oh, thing. whoa, whoa, hold on! Don't talk about that crap show. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Okay,
0: Andy, and listen, listen, understand.
1: That was it. Michigan. That was Michigan for the year. Okay, that
0: but understand that—that that I think we can both agree that um, the defensive coordinators under Rich Rodriguez did not distinguish themselves here. But, but, that, Andy, here I'll tell you what. Sure. Let's to, to your point, and I was going to mention this. Do you feel he is a significant upgrade over Greg Madison?
1: No, I can't say as I say that. Um, no. But they're both very good coaches. I think this guy is a very good coach. I don't think that at Michigan that he hasn't grabbed the brass ring on the merry-go-round of success yet as far as the coach. They've had good statistics. But they lost three critical games, and in those three critical games, defensive uh, miscues, long plays, moving, passing, stuff like that, all were a problem. So I think that the statistics last year were very, very good, but I don't think there's any way that you could compare that defense to the 97 defense that won a national championship. See, so, the, so they they have they have to grow. Now, I don't know that Brown is going to hinder them from growing.
0: Well, and listen, I agree with you. I mean, again, it's going to be really hard to compare any defense to '97. Um, and I'm not saying he's a bad coach. What I'm saying is, is that what I need to see from a defensive from a coordinator, okay is I need to see results. I need to see recruiting. I need to see it year in and year out. And I don't know how you can judge him as a coach on last year. I, I just, I, I don't. And, and again, I mean, I understand. Um, again, it's just, I, I'm really surprised. And, and maybe it's just that I'm getting old and jaded. But the, the just because he's entertaining... Um, you know, I, I'm very much a, a numbers and metrics kind of guy. And listen, I agree, I, I'm glad he's enthusiastic. Okay, and, and listen, that's going to help in recruiting. But but show me when it works. Okay, really, we're going to judge Don Brown on next year's defense. Okay, because his
1: you, better, you better believe it. The, the the sample of just using last year to say whether he's a great coach or not at Michigan is not fair it's going to take a number of years and next and this year coming up it's going to be a real witness test because they got to put together a defensive backfield that doesn't exist right now and do it in a, a fine manner now but there are some parts there
0: now and, and I agree with that and one of the things I really did like what he did is that um, you know there was people there were people in the media jumping on um, how great some of the players are going to be, and, and he was the first person to walk them back and say, "Hey, hold on," and, and and you know I do appreciate that part of it, and and I do appreciate that you know he gave some pretty good reasons on why this defense can be really good this year. You know he talked yes, he about did. he talked about how deep the guys were. He talked. I mean, so it's interesting because, um, I. When you take away the stick, I do like a lot of what he says. Okay, mm-hmm. but
1: one one thing that he said was particularly interesting to me is he mentioned that some of some of the players aren't as inexperienced as you might think, like Connell, because they played a lot last year. Oh,
0: and, a lot of oh, yeah, and that was my point: is that really he made a strong case. For all the, you know, because people say, well, there's only one or two quote-unquote starters coming back. And, it looked like, and he went in and all the players who had had a lot of playing time. And, you know, one of the things we're going to see is that, um, you know, they're getting an extra week of practice. They're going to stretch out preparation. And I, I think that's a good thing. I think that on both sides of the ball, when you're trying to teach schemes or you're trying to def- teach the playbook, The more time you have for things to sink in, I'm expecting a better performance out of both units in the first game of the year. Um, I I hope. And and now I just hope we have fewer injuries too.
1: Both coaches, when asked about the new scheme, starting practice week early, and how they like things as they were laid out now, they both like the system as it is now, rather than starting later like they did last year. So it looks like that might be a good change that the NCAA made.
0: So, last thing to talk about, I talked about the metrics for judging Harbaugh's program, <coughs> and I said, <laughs> I said six. Thir- the numbers you need to remember are six, thirteen, and twenty. It's been six years since Michigan has beat Ohio State. It's been thirteen years since Michigan has won a Big Ten championship. And it's been 20 years since we won a national championship. Now, obviously, those aren't all Harbaugh's fault, but this is his third year, and um, you know I, I, I've been really clear. My the things I want to see from Michigan this year is I want to see them beat Ohio State and/or make the Big Ten championship game, and/or make the college football playoffs. You know, a lot. We talk a lot about the numbers of number of wins, and to me, that's a false metric. Now, I mean, when you're playing, yes. you're playing 12 games, you're playing uh, a number of teams that that frankly aren't that great. And you know, it's funny, Andy, because I know you don't. I don't know if you get the the local Ann Arbor radio up there, but yes. this week one of the radio hosts was going on and on about how tough Indiana was going to be. And you know what? Gosh darn it, that's great. I'm sure Indiana's going to be spectacular. But Coach Harbaugh was not brought in here to struggle against Indiana. And this is not to dismiss. I mean, you can lose any game at any time. But the the hand wringing that we do over over second rate programs, um, I think it shows how far, how how much impact the Rich Rodriguez era and the Brady Hoke era has has had on us. That that. Oh, don't worry! Don't forget about Indiana. Okay, you know what? I'm not forgetting about Indiana. But if we're losing to Indiana, we got bigger problems.
1: Um, I understand and agree with your point. Uh, the Harbaugh is kind of kicked in the butt a little bit this year by the way the stars align, because instead of having a group of seniors this year and experienced people. Instead of having Peppers and Lewis, he's going to have some lesser players than those two stars from last year. A lot of times in the third year, you know, the, the seniors will be there, the upperclassmen will be leading the team and all of that. Well, he's not going to have that advantage. And working with that bare backfield is going to be something to, to see. They got they got talent underneath, talent waiting in the wings, and they're all going to compete. They're all look college-ready body style. But if, if, in other words, what I'm saying is Hope won a, champion, won a bowl game and stuff his first year, and he only did that because of the way of the pattern of the departure and Harbaugh is not going to have that benefit this year. On the other hand, he'll have all his own players. So he's got to do it. they got to beat Michigan State. They've got to beat Ohio State, and I hopefully Michigan State won't be as tough as usual. Penn State is ranked higher than Michigan is right now, so that'll be another chore. But... We'll see how it falls. It's going to be the most interesting year that we possibly have. You're going to have a great time this year, so watching Michigan football.
0: Andy, I will tell you, I think Michigan's going to win ten games this year. I just don't oh, know I which. So. I don't know which ten. And for me, that's kind of the issue: is that, um, you know, you could see a scenario. Where Michigan goes ten and two and, and doesn't beat Ohio State and doesn't go to the Big Ten championship game. Oh
1: boy, that would be that well, would be a flat out failure.
0: Well and understand, I mean really and, and that's what I'm saying is that ten and two is great, but you know what? Really I can, I can live with nine and three if you beat Ohio State. You um, bet. And because because again, Hoke teams beat up on, on easy teams and failed at the end of the season. And and and, I, and again that's what what did we see last year? I mean you you ended up one and three, and 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 you know, out of those games, the game you had no business losing was Iowa. You had no Your business best. losing that game. So so understand that when I look at this year's schedule, okay, and and you heard me earlier saying why I think I I'm not sure our defense matches up real real well with Wisconsin. It's later in the year. It's on the road. All the earmarks of of that's going to be trouble. Um, so it's weird. In my mind, I have that game as a loss, and and I think there's another oddball loss in there. Okay, there's another game where Michigan gets caught. The question is, um, you know, is it is it? I mean, obviously losing to Penn State wouldn't be a surprise, considering that that you know how how they bounced back last year and won the Big Ten. But really, you look at the schedule, and I just say, you know, um, I really hope that, it, that if Michigan loses another game, that they, can, that they will pull it together. And again, I think there's a lot of reason to think that this is the year we beat Ohio State. Um, you, you have them at home. But, but again, Harbaugh's first year. We thought they had a really good chance to beat Ohio State. Ohio State didn't have anything to play for. And Ohio State came out and thumped them. That game was over at halftime, and we said, yep. "Well, you know, the team the team was thin, and injuries caught up with them, and the season caught up with them." So that's kind of how we how we blew that off. Well, what was last year? Same thing, same thing. Now they 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 played a much tougher game of it, uh, but again, one and three, End of the season, one and three. So w- what I really want to see is. I want to see ten and two and finish strong. You know, I, I, I mean, again, it, it, the number really is unimportant for me. Um, if if you lose, and again, think about this: if you go ten and two and lose to Michigan State and Ohio State, nobody's happy. Nobody's happy, especially with the dumpster fire that has been Michigan State this year in the off season. Right. So. Right. So it's funny when you say how many wins. I'm like, I, I feel pretty good about ten. But, again, if you lose to Ohio State and Wisconsin, that's not a real solid 10-2. Because, again, you might get in the college football playoffs, maybe, depending on how everybody else does. But a 10-2 losing to Wisconsin and Ohio State, you're probably not making the Big Ten championship game. And, again, it's not all Harbaugh's fault. But Michigan has not played in the Big Ten championship game since there's been one. And then, you know, getting back to Ohio State, you know, since 2000, Michigan has only won three times. You know, they, they, the last time they won was that gap year when, uh, after Trestle was, was uh, run out of town. The time before that was 2003. So the last loss that Ohio State will recognize is 2003. You know what? That, that's too long, and, and that has to change.
1: Well, sure, is. they had a golden opportunity last year that they wasted because that was the year, uh, away game or not, that you should have beaten Ohio State because they were at low ebb right there. Now, how good they'll be this year, we don't know yet. And We'll see, but uh, they got to beat Ohio State. That's, uh, it starts, the goodness starts there.
0: All right, I agree. That's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.